Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 332. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. It's going to be 333 next week. And as usual, we, we, we're not doing anything special. But we'll uh, look at that number and be like, ah, oh, nice, the triple threes. Uh, it will be a long time till we get to the triple fours again. Um, I think the only podcast I really remember doing anything special for was, I think it was like 150, which I think was like the wet floor special, which was uh, my floor was wet while I was doing the podcast because my AC was broken and it leaked a bunch of fluid, but it was in the middle of the night. So so I didn't have any really well way to deal with it other than soak up as much as I can with the towel and then just like hope it dries off enough. <laughs> Very exciting. Uh, anyways, this week we're going to talk mostly about uh, a lot of smaller updates on some new stories here. Um, that includes uh, a little bit of an update to Hot Step Dance. We're going to try to keep it brief. I don't know. It might be long, but there's not a lot to say about it. I'll tell you why it's important there. We, we have Hot Step Dance universes being created here. And then a couple of other smaller stories here and there. Um, the big thing this week is probably we are going to talk about Rabbit and Steel. There's a Steam demo that came out. Uh, I played it with a friend and, uh, that game collided with things I was thinking about Final Fantasy XIV more recently. And, uh, because of that connection to Final Fantasy XIV, I will do the thing I usually do where I will put it at the end of the show to spare anybody who doesn't want a rambling mess of, of me trying to even figure out. I'm hoping that will be a, uh, conversation I can be proud of at the end of this podcast, but I get the strong feeling I will basically ramble a bunch of things off and be like, I don't understand, and then leave it at that. So, very exciting. But first and foremost, first, dang of agenda. Uh, minus I did play some more Tokyo too. Tokyo 2 still coming along. Um, I bought a PS5, finally. And you're like, Ben, why? You have not been very excited for a PS5, so why? There's a couple of reasons, and one of these kind of aligns with a news story that I don't have on my list here, but we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, they announced a uh, new slimmed down PS5, a uh, smaller PS5. And um, my hope was, and part of the reason I was kind of holding out for a PS5 for a long time was that they would redesign the console to something that would be a little bit more in my interest of like visual design, right? At this point, like, I mean, I don't really need a PS5 that bad. So like, it, it did it hurt me to wait for the most part. Um, and they announced that new design and it's just kind of, it is smaller, which is nice, uh, but it is just kind of cheaper looking. It's like the same design, but cheaper looking. And I just don't like the design of the PS5. So what what do you do, Ben? You, you buy the a PS5 anyways. Um, I just thought the original one looked slightly better, basically. I thought it looked better in a way that I would prefer the price is the same. And I was just like, I kind of just want to get an original PS5. Um, like, uh, if, if this is what my choices are, I'd rather have the original one. So I got original PS5 with a disk drive. Um and and so yeah uh there's not much more to say beyond that other than i guess we're just committed to this design and uh you know i i'm still not convinced that you know square enix is going to put out their games day and date on xbox so square enix is kind of the main reason i'd have a ps5 right now which funnily enough i'm not getting final fantasy 16 uh <laughs> with the ps5 i just know rpgs are not like high on my list of, of immediately accessible 2d i'm kind of stuck in a RPG triage right now between like Final Fantasy 11, Arkwright's Fantasia, and Tokiden, and also Dare Langresser. I need to play. I have not even started that. 
So it's, it's, it's just like, there's, I do not see Final Fantasy 16 on the immediate horizon. So, um, I haven't bought the game yet, but I'm almost certain I'm going to buy a copy of, uh, Edo, uh, Zombie Uprising, which if you remember a week or two ago, I said, I'll buy it if it's 20 bucks. Uh, but now I'm going to buy it when it's $30 <laughs> because I'm going to get the physical copy of it. Uh, Japan only, I think as well. So I think I need to import it, but I think they are there. I think there are affordable copies on eBay last I checked. So Anyways, um, so yeah, I'm not very excited, but, uh, you know, I didn't really want that new PS5 design and the other, probably the bigger factor in some ways is I feel like in the next six months, I would probably be feeling the pressure to buy a PS5 anyways. Um, I really think we're at the end of the PS4 being a useful crutch. Um, I just, uh, you're seeing more and more games that just are skipping the PS4 at this point. And, uh, and while you might, I think, get some games like Call of Duty and stuff that might continue to, you know, run that, that, that line. Um, I just don't think it is going to be a reliable way anymore. Um, I think there's a great question of like what the future of PS5 looks for me, because I don't necessarily know, um, outside of Square Enix, what other companies are on PlayStation anymore that would really like get me to pay a lot of attention to it. Like... I guess there's, like, if I ever was interested in, like, a Koei Tecmo kind of game or something, um, uh, I don't know. Like, I just don't see a lot of things ahead of me, because I feel like I'm into more niche stuff now, and, uh, you know, Zombie Uprising and that other, I think D3 has, like, another game called, like, Mecha Battle or something like that are definitely on my list of wants. But there's just not a lot, I think, of those kind of smaller scale Japanese games coming out on PlayStation anymore. Um, and I, I even wonder if some of the, some are, are starting to, guys that are coming out right now on PlayStation aren't necessarily, uh, succeeding. There was, the new Sword Art Online game came out. We didn't talk about it really because I'm behind on Sword Art Online games, but uh, apparently it launched with like only like 18,000 copies sold. And I think like 8,000 of those copies were on PlayStation 5 or something like that. Um, so, and that's like significantly less than the last, uh, uh, Sword Art Online game, which immediately came out in 2020, but the, the it was sold same numbers as the previous Sword Art Online game that came out on PlayStation as well. So I wonder if that audience is just leaving. Um, and so, you know, I wonder if like games like Neptunia, kind of go Jack Girls and stuff like that, um, if that stuff is kind of on the, the end of the PlayStation uh, road there. I feel like given the, 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 the Switch's prevalence in Japan... The Switch will probably be the more relevant console in the short term, at the very least, for that stuff. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, generally, though, it is nice to play on PlayStation 5 when it is available, if only for performance reasons. So that is nice. Uh, I do buy any creates games on Switch just because I have like I have confidence those are going to run well. And it just is kind of nice to put them all side by side on a shelf. But it's not really that important um, either. So, yeah, uh, I'm not very excited, but uh, it's coming gonna have it by the end of this week so it'll be here i'll have to find a spot for it which is gonna be fun um i don't really know what the transition process looks like from a ps4 to a ps5 um tokiden and alienation are the only games i think i'm really like actively playing on it so i guess in the future it will mostly be just whatever i end up playing in the future but i'll probably put my ps4 away assuming there's no issue with uh psvr backwards compatibility i don't think there is so anyways that is my current thought on that but uh yeah not very excited but uh, it is coming <laughs> 
whether I like it or not. Um, other news stories. Well, that, that, I mean, that's a half news story. But other news stories. We're gonna talk about Hop Step Dance again. Um, you know, we've been talking about Hop Step Dance commercials, and the reason we talked about Hop Step Dance commercials initially was I was interested in the fact that they're you know advertising it as a how they're advertising it as a dancing game, and I was also interested in how they're advertising it as a exercise game. Um, I would probably have not wanted to talk about the follow up two commercials until I watched them and uh, saw that they. They tried to complete the Hot Step Dance universe. So if you remember last time, there was an old man. He ran up the stairs and stuff like that. And I was like, who is that old man? Is he his grandpa? Is he just a random old man? Uh, Hot Step Dance uh, said, we'll answer that question for you. (laughs) So they put out two new ads. Um, One is related to the first ad, which had the schoolgirl who was uh, wanting to dance with her friend on social media. Friends on social media. But was uh, too embarrassed. So she went to her karaoke job and met a lady there who recommended Hot Step Dance to her. So in this first ad, or the third ad, um, the lady in the karaoke bar is the one that is featured in this ad. And she's basically a, like, J-pop fan. And so she's like, I got to go to this live show and I got to get ready. And so she plays Hot Step Dance. I, oh, but quick correction. I think I said three months last week, like the three months program. It's a 30-day program, not three months. So 30 days of Hot Step Dance will get you ready for whatever you're trying to do, basically. Um, and so she plays Hot Step Dance. And then she goes to her live show. And then uh, and then it does show the scene where she like uh, interacts with the, uh, the girl in the karaoke bar or whatever. And she shares Hot Step Dance with you. They do not tell you where Hot Step Dance is uh, recommended to her from. She just happens to have it. Um, and, uh, and then she goes to her show and then, uh, it doesn't really make any sense to me why she needed hot step dance because they're doing Wodagay, which if you don't know, Wodagay is that thing where they shake the pen lights. So other than like building your stamina, (laughs) I don't know why she would need to play hot step dance. I don't think the message is as clear in that ad. Um, and then the fourth ad was, uh, getting to the other one, which if you if you remember the second ad was the kid that was trying to get the stairs but his uh, friends were uh, uh, outpacing him, and then a grandpa outpaced him and stuff like that. So uh, this grandpa uh, is, like, sitting in his store uh, completely uh, unresponsive to the world, and his grandson basically is like, Grandpa, you got to get up and and move and, and get yourself, like, pulled together. I'm not. This is not a translation. This is just, like, my uh, assumptions based off what was happening. And then, like, the grandpa starts reminiscing about his disco days and stuff. And then the kid shows him the girl and her friends from the first commercial, the video they posted online, and showed him that. And then so he's like, I'm going to get hot step dance. And he goes and gets hot step dance so he can uh, exercise. And it does show the scene where he meets the kid on the stairs. And then it also shows him uh, sitting in the, uh, he's, he runs like a little corner store or something like that. Very like Japanese old man thing. Um, and they, uh, he's like sitting there unresponsive and the kids come up and poke him like they usually do. And he gets up and he starts dancing at him with a big smile and they're all like, ah, they start running away. (laughs) So anyways, the hop step dance universe is complete. I assume there are no additional characters. I believe that could be, uh, fully, uh, explored. Those two other ones definitely seem more like just kind of fun additions rather than like probably very solid TV ads. But uh, but I thought it was fun that they completed the Hop Step Dance commercial universe for the commercials. So um, that comes out, I think, this month. I think it's this month. I don't remember for sure. It's 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 by before the end of this year. I'm pretty sure. 
in Japan. I don't think they've announced the U.S. release yet. And that's that. Mr. Hideki Kamiya. Platinum Games fan. We talked about him leaving Platinum Games a week or two ago at this point. Um, he started up a YouTube channel, uh, so it sounds like he's going to do a Mr. a Mr. Sakurai thing where he maybe uh, gives a bit more advice about game design stuff. It wasn't clear about it. He seemed to be kind of open-minded. He's just kind of like, I don't know. What do you guys want? Um, definitely seemed a lot less planned. Uh, and it uh, really was just him kind of like doing this little skit where he like uh, came out of the offices with a uh, box with of, of his stuff. And there's like a bunch of action figures and stuff. But apparently he hasn't really been working at the company for like three months now. Um, he basically decided to leave three months ago and they basically put him on paid vacation until he was gone. Um, so he is now gone, gone. However, I think the one little bit of information that's really worth noting in this video specifically is that Kamiya seems to have a non-compete clause with, uh, Platinum Games. I don't know for sure if that's the case, but he was heavily implying it, I think. Um, and so he basically cannot, uh, work in the game industry for about a year. I don't know if that's a year from today. I assume that is a year from the time he left the company, not a year from the time he took paid vacation. So he's basically uh, stuck not being able to do anything for a, a year in terms of video game stuff at the very least. So I think that's probably part of why he's doing the YouTube channel is just to kill some time until, <laughs> until he can get to, back to that. But um, yeah, so uh, he is he is now, uh, I think, officially gone from the company now. Um, but yeah, it sounds like we're not going to see anything from him for a while. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uche Torre. I don't remember what this stands for. I, I looked into this at some point. I think it was like, uh, I think Tore, I think it's like Uchi Training or something like that. Training in four. I don't know. I don't know what the, it is a game called Uche Tore. It is another fitness game. We're on the fitness game train. Uh, only really bringing this up because if you don't know, there was a uh, kind of like a fitness boxing, boxing knockoff game called Fink Home Fit in Japan called Knockout Home Fitness in the U.S., uh, and they put a game out uh, a while ago now, and I think XSeed actually brought it over here in the U.S. Um, but uh, they announced a new game um, featuring 20 exercises with featuring aerobic, dance, and what the machine translation says, combat exercises. So seems like it is kind of like a more generic general uh, exercise thing. They also are kind of like pushing the fact that they have kind of voice actors and stuff. Um, visually in the same case with like knockout home fitness before Ujitore, um, doesn't seem to have the, uh, production values of a fitness boxing, but given the fact that this is their second fitness game, uh, unless they are just like trying to figure out how to get this to work, um, it's probably a good sign that Fink Home Fit did pretty well for them, or at least well enough for them to justify making essentially a sequel. The one of the guys in there just looks like a sad dog. I don't know why. He just looks like a middle-aged man that looks like a sad dog. So, <laughs> so yeah, that is coming. Uh, did they give a date for that? Let me see if they give a date for that real quick. I'm going to open up this website. Uh, November 30th. Please enjoy. And this last story here before we get into Jillian's Corner is that we are going to... Uh, Model Debut 3 is coming out in uh, early November, Japan. If you don't know, this is one of those Nicola games. So it's branded it's like a fashion magazine thing. So it is a, a game for girl uh, is coming out uh, then. Uh, I don't think any of them have been localized at this point uh, on the Nintendo Switch. But uh, they, they this is, I believe, the third one that's coming out. So that is coming out early November. I feel like it is just something that we should talk about here. Not necessarily... I, have, I don't really have any thoughts about them because I haven't really played them much. Um, my uh, thought was that these are mostly like magazine cover fashion things, like where you like build magazine covers. I feel like I was looking at something recently and maybe was questioning that. I was like, maybe there's more to this than just making magazine covers. 
So uh, I don't know for sure. Um, I'm sure some people who listen could, could probably, Jillian could probably tell me that, that that is not the case, but I don't remember. Uh, I need to play one at some point. There's some 3DS ones that got localized, and I'll probably end up playing one of those at some point. Speaking of Jillian, Jillian's Corner. Welcome to Jillian's Corner. Jillian supports me on Kofi. Thank you, Jillian, for supporting me on Kofi. We also had Vink uh, support us a, uh, a little while ago as well. So thank you again, Vink, for supporting us. Again, if you want to support me on Kofi, you can do so. Give me a donation, and you can ask a question. It is what the current uh, 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 lineup is for that. But we are on the twilight years of Jillian Corner's questions, probably. So um, we will figure out if we're going to do anything new with that or if we're going to do something different. I don't really know. Um, anyways, uh, Jillian asked the question, have you ever played games at work or in class? Well, Jillian, I am a rebel and I have done this before. <laughs> uh, probably the most recent thing I did, this is like pretty late in one of my last jobs, but uh, when I was playing Pokemon Channel, that game's pretty hands-off. So I was able to just kind of like play that in the background while I was doing other work. So I did that. I had that on. I've also did that before previously with like Final Fantasy XIV with like, uh, there's these things called retainers in Final Fantasy XIV. You can send them out on missions and they'll come back every like hour or two or something like that. And so I used to just leave that open and also like just do that during work. During school, I'm trying to think if there's any like, I mean, obviously like on breaks and things like that, I would play like stuff in between class and school. Um, I remember playing DS games in middle school and like my teacher getting upset and he was like, look, I know you guys got a lot of cool, fun toys for Christmas. And I was like obnoxious when I was a kid and was like, oh, but I didn't get my DS for Christmas because I already had a DS, which is like what a stupid, silly thing to get caught up on. But I was just being a fucking kid. Um, anyways, so uh, I remember playing Mario Kart DS in class with uh, some kids, but that was like... Um, that was a very laid back IT class. And like, once you got your work done, you were just kind of allowed to do whatever you wanted to. So that's kind of how that came about. Um, I think the, the common thing was like, you know, Halo, uh, demo on, on PCs and schools and, uh, Macs as well, I believe where you could just go ahead and play the Halo demo. Um, and the Halo demo had a multiplayer, uh, demo as well, where you could play on uh, one map blood gulch. Is that right? Um, and I feel like that was something that I ended up messing around with in school at some point as well. And then mostly I wasn't much of a like flash game player. If you don't know, like, I don't know if this is still the case. I'd imagine probably not since you have your phone with you the whole time. Um, but when you're on PCs and in, in middle school and high school back then, um, you would sometimes find websites where you could play like flash games, um, kind of thing. And, uh, I would watch other kids play flash games. I rarely played them myself. I think at the time, I just didn't think they were that interesting looking. I just thought they were way too simple for me. And it's funny because some of that stuff is probably like the kind of stuff that gets like the most viral now, right? Just like, oh, crazy bikers where it's like bloody violent if you die or something like that, right? Um, stuff like that. Uh, but that that was also a thing that I, I saw around a little bit. But that's probably it. I don't think I ever really got in any big trouble for messing around with games during class. I'd get in trouble for like uh, typing a Facebook post once in a college course and my teacher freaking out about that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else beyond that. Um, but I usually would not play many games in those environments because I think I was just was too paranoid. There's something that I got around with where like, um, 
Like, uh, I remember in classes when Nintendo Wi-Fi launched, there was a website that was for Nintendo Wi-Fi games. I think it's like five Nintendo Wi-Fi games it supported at the time. And uh, you could go to that website and look at uh, various, I think, leaderboards for things like Metroid Prime Hunters and Mario Kart DS and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like that was something you could do. I don't know if those leaderboards were actually anything or not, though. I don't, I don't remember how it worked. I think you could also see if your friends were online, maybe. I don't remember exactly, but there's a website that you could look at and you could see like your statistics and stuff in like Metro Prime Hunters and things like that, I believe as well. This is all old information, so don't quote me on this, but uh, I used to mess around with that website, but you know, there's really only so much you can do on that website, right? You look at the five pages and you're like, I'm here. I'm on a Nintendo website at school because they haven't figured out that NintendoWiFi.com is a video game website. Um, so yeah. Uh, what else? I don't know. That's probably, that's probably it. I think that's it. Thank you, Jillian. <laughs> Thank you for your question, Jillian. Um, do I have anything else to say? I feel like I say something out after the Jillian's quarter. Probably just thank you again for supporting me on Patreon or uh, on Kofi. I always say Patreon. Kofi, thank you for supporting me on Patreon. Kofi, at the end, if you want to ask a question, feel free to donate and then ask a question through a message. Again, thank you, Jillian and Bink, for your donations this month. All right, here's the last part of the show where I'm going to ramble like a madman. Um, I originally didn't think I was going to think too much of playing Rabbit and Steel, and then I was in the car earlier today, and I started thinking about it, and I was like, oh, God. Well, actually, there's kind of two different things that happen. So I played Rabbit and Steel. If you don't know, Rabbit and Steel is kind of like a, uh, I guess you could say it like it's, it's kind of uh, set up like a bullet or shoot 'em up kind of game where you kind of like can move around in four directions however you want. Um, but the actual gameplay is more, uh, I guess like a MMORPG raid. Um, in my mind, it is a Final Fantasy 14 raid kind of thing. And it basically means you have kind of one central boss. And then, uh, when you're doing the boss fight, there are, um, little kind of like bullets that shoot out in the case of this game specifically where like, I think so. I, I, I seem to recall there just being like straight up some bullets that would shoot out. Not a lot, very small number if I remember correctly. Um, and then there's also just like shapes all over the screen. So you got circles, you got lines, you got squares, and uh, the, the shapes all represent different things. And you're like, do you want to be in this shape? You want to be out of this shape? You want to be in these lines? You want to be out of this line? You want to be on top of your partner? So there's like, you, you can have uh, two to four other players, uh, or two to three other players with you. So four players total, right? And um, and so you can do that. Uh and I originally thought I was like I, th- I thought I might like this game, and I'm not 100 sure why I thought that because um, I think it maybe it was just maybe I like the character designs they're cute the little rabbit girls and things like that, and I thought maybe you know I I tend to like kind of like action RPG kind of stuff, so it having a more like action RPG presentation with its characters and like them having weapons and stuff like that I think was like appealing to me. Um, but the second I started playing it, I was like, actually, this is not really what I expect it to be. I saw that I it didn't, I, I, I mean, it was everything I kind of expected it to be. I just didn't really put the pieces together yet, I think. And I think once I actually started playing, I was like, oh, this is basically like a Final Fantasy 14 boss fight, um, basically. And, um, there's a couple things I think the game itself just generally could do that would improve it, like the, just the sound effects and things like that. And I think a lot of the animations are just really kind of underwhelming at the moment. But that's stuff that can be patched without too much trouble, right? 
Um, and I think that's the stuff that, like, you know, I think most people would point out and say, like, yeah, I mean, the, the, the attacks could feel a little more impactful, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe we will get into this here in a little bit. But, like, I, I, I was playing it, and I just kind of, I enter that state with this kind of game. It's the same way I feel about, like, Final Fantasy fourteen boss fights, where I feel like everything is happening all at once. At the same time, absolutely nothing is happening. And so it's like basically a bunch of shapes appear on screen. You're supposed to kind of read them and pay attention to the order of which these shapes appear. And then depending on how the shapes are colored in or what the text is on screen sometimes, um, you're supposed to react to those shapes differently. And and then so some of that plays with like, okay, where are the other players in your party position? Because sometimes you need to overlap with each other. Sometimes you need to move yourself so you're not compromising another player and stuff, right? So it's like all about movement, basically. And it's basically just like moving around on this screen. And I feel like that is like the core of what these things are. I don't know if that's what people like about them. But that is what I feel like is the core of these things. It's like making sure you're standing in the right place at the right time is what it feels like. Um, and then so you can choose a class and they all do different things. But like I feel like in the end of the day, a lot of it is just like each class changes kind of what buttons you press at what times. Like that's a weird thing to, way to put that. But like like there's, there's this concept of just like. I guess rotations would be the right word, right? Of like, what are you doing all the time? And it's usually like you're pressing two buttons. So you're, in the case of this in Rabbit and Steel, it's a lot simpler. So it is just two buttons, basically. So you're pressing like one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. If you're playing like, say, the dancer, the dancer has two moves that kind of feed into each other. And then occasionally there's a chance that one of those moves will activate a buff on one of your kind of like reserve special moves. And so you want to use your your reserve buff kind of thing. But for the most part, the entire game is like you just doing one, two, 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 over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then like you kind of need to make sure you're like within an attack range. So you're actually dealing damage and things like that. But like nothing about it feels like impactful to me. And so like I feel like I'm just pressing these buttons back and back and forth, back and forth. And the only time I notice what I'm doing is if I fail to do something. So if like I fail to utilize a special hit or something, or like I have a move that I should be using and I realize, oh, I'm not using this move because I'm too focused on moving around right now, basically. So I'm not like damage maximizing my damage output. Like I don't really know what my damage is. Like I can you can kind of look at it and see it, but like I don't know. I'm just pressing these buttons and then at the end you get like a DPS counter. And, and I think in the case of Rabbit and Steel, they really could like make that DPS counter a little bit more uh a little bit more presentation right now. It's just like a straight up like text. They just display that's like, oh, you did 226 DPS damage per second, right? But I think they they could really like add some presentation to kind of like spice that up specifically. But but like I just kind of like look at it and I'm like, yeah, my number is bigger than it was last time. But I, I I don't know really what that like that doesn't give me satisfaction. I'm just like I don't know what I did. I mean I do know what I did. I pressed one two one two one two one two. But, like, I don't feel like I did anything other than just move around on screen and press one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And, and so there's every class is kind of different. So each class kind of has its own thing that it's doing. So not every class is just press one, two, one, two, one, two. One is press one button until 
the, the you need to use another button basically uh and those moves all have like different modifiers to them so don't get me wrong they're not just pure damage and stuff like that but like most of the time i don't feel like i at least in my situation i don't register that stuff very well um which you know it should be noted that i am not good at reading a lot this is kind of like where the whole like everything is happening but nothing at all is happening i feel like where it's like everything is happening so i can't really parse anything and so at the end of the day when the encounter is done i'm basically just like am i alive yes no um and and so i just really like could not get in a vibe with that game at all um and it just made me think about Final Fantasy XIV because I recently have been thinking about Final Fantasy XIV again. I've been there's like people I know who play Final Fantasy XIV. I've been I've been listening to them talk about it. The, the, some some friends specifically like when I was on my my trip, and then also on Twitter and stuff like that. And then also some people I was listening to on podcasts as well. And like I think the thing with Final Fantasy XIV that's frustrating for me is like I don't understand why I don't like it a lot of times. There's just a lot of things I don't know I don't like. And this is part of the frustration I think I have with like Raven Steel as well, where like there's a lot of things I don't know why I don't like it other than I know I don't like it. And then also I don't know why other people like it. So it's like really this confusing thing. And so like Final Fantasy 14, there are things about that game beyond just the combat, but that like I've been kind of reconsidering. I'm like, maybe I should play a different job. Maybe I should, you know, change my goals. But then like playing Rabbit and Steel was a good reminder of just like, but I really just hate the combat of Final Fantasy XIV. When I say the combat of Final Fantasy XIV, what I really mean are the raids. Like, I really don't like them because I just feel like nothing feels meaningful whatsoever. I feel like I'm just standing there pressing buttons and hoping I don't mess up. And, like, I don't get any satisfaction out of that combat, really. I just feel like I get, like, almost nothing. And in the case of Rabbit and Steel, I think there are things they could possibly do to make it feel more impactful. But I think the problem is, is that like, once you start making things too flashy, then it becomes harder to read the, the, the game itself, which is why I think a lot of times with like Final Fantasy 14, you see people say, turn off other animations and stuff from other players. Cause it's going to make it harder and harder to read, you know, what's happening on the field and things like that. And I, I, I feel like it's just a lot of stuff that I just don't really think is valuable to me when I play games. And I think there's like, We've talked about like with fighting games at Evo and stuff like that, where like I think there's like I have a desire to learn about Evo and like and like our fighting games. And like I think I can see the pieces, even like I can I can visualize the pieces in my head, even if I can't see them on the screen. I think one of the biggest frustrations I have with Final Fantasy 14 and I think by extension Rabbit and Steel is I don't only not only see it on screen, but I also don't see it in my head. Like to me, there is like nothing appealing about it and so like rabbit and steel i was talking to some other friends after i played it because i recommended that we might maybe check it out and i was just like you know i'm i'm happy to try this with you guys if you want but i don't think i like rabbit and steel i kind of don't care like i just think it, it like it, in some ways i just like completely am checked out of that kind of gameplay and it's like something that i don't like uh, that i am so checked out of but at the same time i also don't care enough that I think that I would, I want to solve it. Like, like when I think about like when I'm playing, like thinking about other things in Final Fantasy 14, like I can look at like, okay, job. Okay. The, the job of Paladin that I committed to in Final Fantasy 14 1.0 has changed drastically since Final Fantasy 1.0. And I think in a lot of ways, what I like about what I liked about Paladin no longer exists in Paladin. It is gone. The only reason I continue to play Paladin in Final Fantasy 14 is because I already have Paladin leveled and it makes sense. 
And so, like, being able to switch out parts like that, it's like, okay, well, what's a job that does fit me better, right? And trying to find the right job. And Red Mage, I think, is a job that I've been kind of eyeing up for a long time, but I didn't play last time because I was, I didn't want to buy the expansion, I think, at the time. So I don't have Stormblood or whatever it's called. And then I also um, was thinking about Blue Mage as well, but that's kind of like a whole other thing. But, like, but like after playing Rabbit and, and Steel, I just, like, but at the end of the day... No matter what that job is in Final Fantasy XIV, I'm going to be back here. And I do not like this. And I just don't know what to do about that. Obviously, the answer is don't play the video game, Ben. <laughs> but but I, I just don't see it. And it's like one of those things that it's like, I know people like it. It's it's just like with Evo. Evo is not a giant ruse to make Ben feel like there's more depth of fighting games than there actually is, right? Um, there's millions of people play Final Fantasy 14 every day and enjoy what that thing is. But I just don't see it. Like, I just don't, like, I don't think there's any, like, any feeling of responsiveness from the combat is, I think, the biggest thing for me. Everything feels super loose and is just like, stand here to not die. Did you press your rotations better enough so you don't die? And, like, obviously that's always a case with everything, but I feel like I don't really... And maybe, like, part of this... I, I've talked about this before, I think, where I'm like, I don't really know damage numbers in Final Fantasy XIV, right? So I have no context. So, like, when I see damage numbers in Final Fantasy XIV, if it's improved, I don't know. Like, I don't know that it's improved. And I, I, I am just so out of, like, the loop of what damage is in that game at this point, right? And then Rabbit and Steel, like, kind of the same thing. It's like, okay, I got over, like, 200, but, like, I, like what, what what does that mean? Like, like nothing in the combat felt different other than I felt like I did not mess up as much. And, like, I, I just don't really, I don't see, I just don't see what is appealing about that combat, really. I am sure there's appeal to it, again, but I just don't know if I see it. And then, so it kind of makes me take a look and step back from Final Fantasy XIV and ask myself, even if I can make the rest of this game work, this will be the part that will probably continue to break me because I need the combat to feel meaningful. And I think Final Fantasy XI, there are things in that combat, as, as devoid as it is of things to do, I feel like there are things I do in combat that feel meaningful. <laughs> you say as a warrior who can't hit anything, but like even in party play and stuff like that, there are things I do that feels meaningful. And I think that was the, my frustration with 14 is like a lot of times what I do did not feel meaningful whatsoever. It just kind of felt like I was just kind of at the whim of whatever was happening in that world. Nothing responds to me. It's all patterns. And I just have to sit there and follow those patterns and press the buttons right. And like, it's not even interesting button press. It's just like press one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, three. You like right that? Right? Like that is the thing. It's like, there's nothing interesting happening on the game pad. It's just pressing the rotation again and again and again. And like, there are other rotation things you do. And Paladin, I know, is a simple class in comparison to other classes and stuff like that. But, like, I just don't get it. Like, I do not get it. And it's so it's so hard for me to see it. And I and it's, like, one of the most frustrating things about Final Fantasy XIV to me. And I think, by extension, Rabbit and Steel. Like, Rabbit and Steel is a game that, like, I like how it looks. But the second I play it, I'm just like, I do not want any of this. <laughs> so, is how I feel. Anyways, uh, I'm sure the video game's great. I hope you enjoy it. 
One chill word to cause a website. Is anything happening? PC Dice Fan Club podcast came out last week. It came out on Monday. So if you didn't go listen to that, go listen to that. I talked to uh, uh, Mr. Jakes along with Filler about Farland Story FX, another game that, while I can somewhat appreciate, uh, did not like that much. <laughs> but, but at least I can appreciate it to some degree uh, uh, that we did, we did that. It's a long episode, I will say, about two hours. So if you want to go listen to that, go listen to that. Um, but that is the only thing here in the short term for now. Um, I hope I have something for you guys in the future. I might try to stream this upcoming weekend, but uh, things have been kind of loosey-goosey with me lately. So uh, I'm not going to make any guarantees, but you may see a little Ben on uh, Twitch.tv, probably. I think I might I might restrict it to Twitch.tv initially just to kind of feel that out. I've been streaming to YouTube for, for a long time, so it might be fun just to kind of see what it feels like just streaming to Twitch.tv and uh, trying to figure out, you know, if there's a way I can, like, make that a little bit more meaningful because I do stream stuff I do I don't I, I don't know I don't really mind the stream stuff on World Kill War Plus that much but I don't know it'd be fun to try it I guess that's that's all but we'll see we'll see what happens maybe I'll stream to YouTube as well I don't know Ben's decisions are undecided that's gonna be it though thank you again for coming um and I hope you, oh and I also posted up a post about Team Innocence uh uh what's it called uh, reference documents where I would go through the reference documents and uh, look at some things that uh, you could not see in the video game before. That was kind of neat. Um, and those reference documents. Nothing meaningful, but it was fun. Anyways, that's going to be all, though. Thank you again for coming. OneControlWar.com is the website. And I hope you guys have a great week. Bye!